Coming up on today's Moody Presents, keeping your job without losing your soul. Is it the prosperity of your job or the prosperity of your soul? And some of us have made choice after choice after choice to give up portions of our soul to now you look at your soul and your soul is so decrepit, so weak, so torn down because you basically sacrificed your soul on the altar of your job. Welcome to Moody Presents, featuring the Bible teaching of Dr. Mark Job. He's president of Moody Bible Institute and the founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger thanking you for joining us today. You know, wherever we live and whatever our occupation, our work is our witness. And we witness at work, like it or not. But it's very easy to be swayed by the questionable lifestyle choices of colleagues and maybe the pull to compromise our faith. Daniel made a choice to maintain his spiritual life at risk of losing his job. How was he able to stand firm? That's coming up right now as Pastor Job continues his message, Keeping Your Job Without Losing Your Soul. Now, to hear part one of any broadcast in our series, God at Work, The Sacred Value of What You Do, head to moodypresents.org. Now, here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. One of the interesting things that happened in the Welsh Revival is that miners started getting convicted about what they had. Well, they had got convicted about the integrity of their life. And if you had stolen anything from your job, then you needed to return it. The integrity that was there. You see, when God starts working in your life, listen to me well, when God really gets a hold of your life, listen to me people, when God really gets a hold of your life, he will start getting a hold of your work habits. He'll start getting a hold of your work ethic. He'll start getting a hold of your integrity. The things that you used to do before that you used to lie about on your timesheet or your taxes or the things that you used to easily do before now, it bothers you. The petty cash that you never really kept great track of now, it bothers you. The expense report that you used to just kind of sort of a pile up expense report that was really personal expense. Hey, it bothers you now. Now you feel like I don't steal anymore. I can't because I, I walk with integrity. Because God is looking and God is my boss and therefore, because God is my boss, I need to follow what he tells me to do. So I don't know. I I just wonder if your coworkers were to gather around you and say, can we find anything on you? Would they find a laundry list of things that you've really dropped the ball in and not acted with integrity? I think you need to make a choice to live at a higher standard. Secondly, I think you need to make a choice, like Daniel did, to maintain his spiritual life at the risk of losing his job. You see, when his co-workers could find nothing about his work, then they started to dig into his faith. And they figured if we can't get him because of his job, we'll get him because of his faith. Uh, That may be happening to some of you. Someone that's just mad about your job, but they're just going to pick on your faith. Oh, so you're one of those holy rollers? Hallelujah, people. Jesus freaks. 
Well, some of you have coworkers that just like to, well, they just like to bug you with religious stuff, right? They know that you're a Christian, so they'll throw in anti-Christian stuff just to, just to get you aggravated. Well, Daniel, here's what it says, verse 5. It says, finally, these men, after they had searched Daniel to see if they could find something wrong and couldn't, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. In other words, unless it has something to do with his religion. So when they could not find anything to do with his personal integrity, They conspired and came up with an idea to try to take Daniel down. They went to the king. His name was Darius. He was the king of the Medes and Persians, Babylon, which is current day day Iraq. And they went to to the king, and they said, hey, king, long live the king. How many of you know sometimes people like to butter up to the boss to try to get you down? And long live the king. You're such a great king. Let's come up with a rule here. Let's just say, because you're such a great king and everybody should respect you, let's just say, and in those days, they viewed the king almost like a god. And they said, king, because you're so great, because you're so honorable, because there's no one like you, because you're so full of wisdom, because, well, we look at you like a god. Because you're so elevated and above, we propose that you... Establish a decree that for 30 days, no one is allowed to pray to any other God except you. That, that they that pray to the God of the Medes and the Persians, you only. So if anybody directs their prayer, they can only pray to you, our king. And anybody that's found praying to any other God should be put to death. The king full of arrogance and pride. How many of you know sometimes we just cave in when people come up and just butter us up? How many of you know that we can be easily manipulated by false praise? Some people are really good at buttering you up, giving you some praise, just to get you to do what they want you to do. So they buttered this guy up and they said, and he said, yeah, well, you know I am pretty smart. I am pretty great now that you mention it. That's a great idea. I'll sign. You can pray to no other God for 30 days except me. And if anybody's found praying to any other God, he should be put in jail. Now, I want you to notice that the co-workers of Daniel had come up with this elaborate conspiracy just to take him down. And there'll be times in our life that people will conspire against us. Uh, People will lie and connive and come up with stories and manipulations just to not let us prosper. Hey, there are people around you that don't like the fact that you don't drink on the job. There's people around you that don't like the fact that you're honest with your time card. There are people around you that don't like the fact that when all the co-workers go to the strip bar, that you don't go to the strip bar. There are people that feel guilty because they feel like if you don't join in the crime with us, then you may tell on us. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so they came up with this conspiracy. They made it very clear The degrees of the Persian king were unchangeable. 
The Medes and Persians, once you declared a law, you were unable to change that law because you were viewed as a god, and if you're a god, a god can't change his mind. So once the Medes and Persians, according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, once they had signed a law, that law could not be revoked. So the Bible tells us that Daniel was in the habit of three times a day praying. He prayed in the morning, he prayed in the afternoon, and he prayed at night. Not just prayed. Many of us say, well, do you pray? Oh, yeah, I pray all the time throughout the day. I'm on the bus. I'm walking, getting in the elevator. Help me, Jesus. You know, I'm in traffic. Lord, please curse that driver there. When boss misbehaves, oh, Lord, may he break a leg. You know, I pray all the time, all the time. But Daniel prayed, but it tells us not only did he pray, but he would actually go. He was in the habit of three times a day. He would go to his house. He would get on his knees. He would open his window, and he would pray towards Jerusalem. Daniel knew that if he stopped praying, that if he prayed, that his co-partners could catch him praying, and if they caught him praying, that he would be risking his life. He knew it. Now think about it. If you knew that there was a law that said you cannot pray to any God except the mayor of Chicago, (coughs) I'm just wondering how well attended our prayer meeting would be. If you're caught praying, you could get the death penalty. I'm just wondering if most of us would go undercover and pray. Not Daniel. Why? Because Daniel was a man of integrity. So even though he knew he could lose his job, and even he knew he could lose his life, he did not compromise his character on the altar of popularity. He did not let his job, listen, he did not let his job take away his soul. So he continued to pray, and, and like he had always done, he knew that it was illegal. He knew that a law had been passed, but when that day came, the law passed, it was proclaimed, everybody knew about it. Guess where Daniel was? In the morning, he was there on his knees, his window open, praying to Jerusalem. In the afternoon, guess what? He knew that it was illegal, but he was on his knees towards his window, praying towards Jerusalem like he always did because he did not work for man, he worked for God. I'm just wondering if some of you, you're at a place in your job right now where your job is actually taking your soul. You see, you go on that business trip and after business is over, everybody goes out for a few drinks. Just kind of understood that if you're going to do business, where best to do business except around the bar where everybody's socializing. And then all the guys, including the people that you're doing business with, they all want to go down to Susie's striptease joint. And so all the men in good old buddy-buddy fashion, they all make their way down to Susie's. And suddenly there you are. In your mind, you're thinking, 
hey, I really want to do business. These guys, I want them to like me. I, I want to make sure they know I'm a good old boy. But it's Susie's striptease. Oh, you could rationalize it in your mind and say, I'm just not going to look. You know, I'm going to kind of face my back towards the striptease pole and, you know, just kind of drink Diet Coke. But in your mind, you know. You know what's going on there. And there's a choice you have to make. My soul or what could be the prosperity of my job or this business deal. And in your mind, some of you have to stand up and say, hey, guys, you know what? It's been a late night. I'm choosing not to go. And in your mind, there's a choice you're making. Is it your soul or is it your job? Is it the prosperity of your job or the prosperity of your soul? And some of us have made choice after choice after choice to give up portions of our soul to now you look at your soul and your soul is so decrepit, so weak, so torn down because you basically sacrificed your soul on the altar of your job. God is asking some of you to reconsider. Thank you, Pastor Mark. We're going to hit the pause button right here and then return quickly to continue our study. While none of us will probably be thrown into a lion's den because of our faith, like Daniel was, it is very possible that persecution will come, perhaps in the lives of our children or grandchildren, and for some it already has. Well, it's comforting to know that God can close the mouth of any lion that's out there. But even more, to know that we're assured of the hope of Jesus Christ and eternity with Him when we believe. He promises to be with us in the middle of our trials, when we keep Him at the center, and when we walk with integrity. Now, here's something to think about. You may not be a pastor or a church planter, but you are called to be something. God has equipped you uniquely to use your gifts for His kingdom's sake. The question is, are you willing to live out your calling? I've just shared with you an excerpt from Life on Mission, a really refreshing book that will recharge and reframe your thinking about living life on mission for God. You can find it at our website, moodypresents.org, when you click on Moody Publishers. Let's get back to our message. Daniel made a clear choice to trust God in the midst of some pretty serious employment-related trials. With some practical ideas on how you can keep from compromising your faith at work, here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. Not only did Daniel make a clear choice in his mind, he, cho- he chose to maintain his spiritual life at the risk of losing his job. He chose to work at a higher standard of integrity than the rest because of his faith. But we see in this passage that Daniel also made a clear choice. He chose to trust God in the midst of employment-related trials. Look what it says in verse 20. When he came near the den, so they took Daniel. He said goodbye to his family, to his wife, to his kids. They took him to an enclosed area And typically what they would do is they would not feed these tigers and lions for quite a while. They would let them starve and then they would throw a live person in there. 
And it would just be seconds before that person would be devoured. And verse 20 says, when he came near the den, so the king realized what he had done. He liked Daniel. He felt guilty about it. They threw him in. They sealed it. They closed the door. He was left in overnight. The king did not sleep all night. He paced. He didn't eat. He said, what have I done? My best worker, I've been duped into this. He's been sacrificed. I should have never let them do this to me. So the next morning... With trepidation, he approaches the place where the lion's den was, and he asked them to roll back the stone. And it says, and when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Now, Daniel has been with hungry lions all night. Have you ever been at a zoo and just taken a close look at lions? Have you ever seen a lion yawn? Yawn and those fangs just show like this is scary. The king approaches. They roll back the stone. He's expecting, I'm not going to hear anything. They, I'm going to see just bones lick dry from these wild beasts. And he says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And out of the midst of this den, he hears a voice, amazingly calm. O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. I don't know about you, but that does something to me. It reminds me that even in your worst trial, when people want the worst for you, when you decide to live with integrity and walk with integrity, you may face losing your job. You may think that other people are prospering and you're not because you're walking with integrity. But I want to tell you something. Even in the midst of the most difficult trial that you may face at your workplace when you walk with integrity and come before God God can send his angels to close the mouth of any lion any lion that's out there oh I'm not saying that you're not going to go through a trial hey he ended up in the lion's den I'm just saying that in the middle of the trial God is with you I'm going to say that his presence is walking with you in the middle of that trial I believe that God supernaturally can watch over those people that walketh with integrity before him I believe that God can shut a door and open a door I believe that if you're fired for walking with integrity that God can open up the door for a better job I know this that no job is worth your soul and your marriage and your children and your family and your integrity that no job is worth that no job is worth that you don't want to reach the end of your life having succeeded at your job and failed at your marriage you don't want to reach the end of your life having said hey hey I sure got a lot of promotions but my kids hate me and my soul is is a skeleton of what, what it could be I lost my faith and I lost my marriage and I lost the respect of my children but hey I got that job promotion I've been at the bed of a lot of people that have died and have spoken to me on their final words. Never once has someone told me, I wish I would have spent more time at the job. 
I've had a lot of men and a lot of women tell me their final words in life where I've closed the door and it's just me and them as the pastor. They know they're dying. Never once have I had someone say, oh, I wish I really would have gone for that promotion. No, but I've had a lot of them tell me, I wish I'd have worked and fought for my marriage, the integrity of my kids. I wish I'd have walked with God stronger. I wish I would have lived for God more. Oh, I've had a lot of those conversations at the end of life. Daniel spoke out. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, it said that it's by faith that the mouths of the lions were stopped. And I've wondered sometimes, I wonder how it happened. I mean, I'm, here's Daniel in the lion's den. I don't know if there's some sort of angel because it says that it was an angel. I don't know if there's some sort of angel standing between Daniel and the lions. And the lions are growling and the angel is like, you don't come near, you lose an ear, tiger. I don't know. I don't know if he's making a noise that keeps him away. I don't know if he's making Daniel look like an alpha male lion so they don't approach him. I, I, I don't know how God did it. I leave that up to God, but all I know is God is able to do it in the midst of your lion's den. That God is able. God is able. And then I close with this. Listen, the last decision that you have to make, not only do you need to choose to trust God in the midst of your employment-related trials, but lastly, he chose to give God the credit for the successes in his life. Notice he says, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. I want you to notice that in his success, he gave God the credit. I just want to ask you a question. Listen, I'm just wondering, if you're succeeding at your job, are you giving God any credit? I'm just wondering if it's all about you and all about, or if once in a while you say, I thank God. I'm just wondering because there's something about thanking God. There's something about realizing that my prosperity and my open doors aren't just because I'm smarter and because I work harder and because I'm just a great person and have a positive attitude and, and, and I'm just prettier than all the rest. No, no, no. There's something about giving glory to God and giving thanks to God. There's something about realizing God can put you up, but he can put you down as well. There's something about realizing it's not all about me. It's about him and his glory and his honor and his strength. Though somewhere if you are prospering, somewhere if you're making it, you better be saying, I thank God. I thank God. Because when all is said and done, listen, well, this is, this is how the story ends. When all is said and done, it tells us that the king realized what had happened. And the king actually said, okay, Daniel, your God is something else. The Bible tells us that King Darius wrote to all the people in the nations throughout the land, and he says, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence, listen, the God of Daniel. 
for he is the living God. This is a pagan writing this. For he is the living God that he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. Hey, he couldn't have come up with this on his own. He's been listening to Daniel now because Daniel's walking with integrity. And Daniel's saying, hey, guess what, Darius? You're the king, but I serve a king that's going to endure forever. His kingdom has no end. Listen, Daniel is talking to him about Jesus without even knowing that Jesus would come because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that he has a kingdom that will endure forever and ever and ever. And it came through the line of David. This pagan king is prophesying about the kingdom of God now. He, has a, he says, a kingdom that will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius, the king of Cyrus, the Persians. He walked with integrity. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for those powerful insights on Daniel. A great example of a man who walked with integrity and because of it, literally changed a nation. Did you know that when you go to work as a Christ follower, you are actually bringing in God's presence to that very environment? We'll learn more next time we're together. In the meantime, let me tell you about our website, moodypresents.org. It's a great place to connect with our program, with Moody Radio, and the school that D.L. Moody founded moodypresents.org. Also there, you'll learn more about Moody Publishers. Just click the button that you see on the page. Great books. Perhaps you've got someone thinking about coming to Moody as a student. Well, just click on the Education tab. All there at moodypresents.org. For Mark Job, I'm John Geiger, and you've been listening to Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.